Today on Locked On A's, we're going over Thursday's loss real quick and then believing in Steven Vogt. And then in the second segment, we are talking about Tony Kemp and Vilmi Amachin. Martin Gallegos has had some very interesting things written about both of those guys. We're going to go over what has been said. And then finally, we have win of the week. Let's get into it. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 460 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's show, we're talking about the A's losing a game this week. Weird. (laughs) The Mariners apparently still have some wins left in them. And then we're talking about Steven Vogt, who announced that he would be retiring in just a couple of weeks at the end of the season. Then there's some interesting things to talk about with Vimy Almachin and his new bat, and Tony Kemp just being a great leader in the clubhouse. And then finally, we're going to do a little preview of the upcoming Mets series this weekend and determine if the A's are going to win any games. So that's what we got coming up for you guys today. Uh, but before we get into anything, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. And A's coverage starts at Locked On A. So make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to hear podcasts. We're also on YouTube. So subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're also on social media. So go ahead and just follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, just go into our Twitter community, join up in there, pose a question, share A's articles, share A's content, have some fun, make some friends, go wild, go wild in the Twitter community. And finally, thank you so much for making Locked On A's your first listen of the day. Again, we're free and available on all platforms, but let's get into today's episode and two batters into Thursday's game. The Mariners had a one to nothing lead. Julio Rodriguez let off with a double and then Mitch Hanniger brought him home on a single after getting Carlos Santana to strike out Maria Maria. Uh, no, actually it was Adrian Martinez. Uh, then he, he allowed a single to tie France and a double to Cal Raleigh, giving the Mariners a two to nothing lead. And then with runners at second and third, Adrian Martinez pitched Jared Kalenic very carefully and ended up issuing a walk, loading the bases. And then he walked Jesse Winker too, forcing home run, giving the Mariners a three to nothing lead. Uh, the A's tied the game at three on a bases loaded Stephen Vote triple the day that he announced he was going to retire. He's like, hey, I got I got wheels too. Here's a triple for you guys. Bases clearing triple. And then the A's even took the lead in this game when Shea Langoliers, another catcher, the, the catchers always get it done for the A's. You'll you love to see it. Uh, Shea Langoliers collected his first extra base hit since September 9th with a double to center that brought Vote home and gave the A's a lead at 4-3. to uh, This prompted a pitching change from Seattle, replacing Joe George Kirby, who had been lights out for a while. He went two and two thirds in this one. Uh, Seattle pitching, not, I mean, I I guess that uh, Robbie Ray was fine, but Seattle pitching, not what I thought it was going to be in this series. A's win two out of three. Kind of nice. But 
George Kirby was replaced by Matt Brash, who is effective and wild. He can get you to strike out, but also uh, he, he, he issues a lot of walks. And he walked the first batter he saw in Nick Allen, and that loaded the bases for the A's. And then Tony Kemp singled to left to bring home a run and gave the A's a 5-3 lead. And then immediately, uh, the Mariners began their comeback because Jared Kalenic took Adrian Martinez deep to lead off the top of the fourth. Kalenic then tied the game at five on a double in the sixth off of Kirby Sneed. Uh, from there, Seattle scored four unanswered runs and would take this one by a final score of nine to five. Uh, with the loss, the A's will need to go eight and four the rest of the way to avoid a 100 loss season, something they have not had since 1979. So do the math. How long has that been? Uh, 40 something years? 43 years? Uh, somewhere around there. It's been it's been a while since the A's have had a 100-loss season. And meanwhile, you got teams like uh, Detroit and Baltimore just doing it casually. So the A's have been a good team for quite a while. So that that's nice and something that you, you, you want to mention every now and then. And something else that I wanted to mention or point out is that Jared Koenig, uh, you know, the lefty who got some starts, has a nice story, made his debut earlier in the season. Well... He tossed another scoreless inning in relief, giving him one run allowed and seven innings pitched total against the Yankees, Astros, and Mariners. All of those teams are playoff-bound teams. Uh, so he's doing okay out of the bullpen against good competition. And on Thursday, out of the bullpen, Koenig was averaging an extra 2.6 miles per hour on his fastball, giving him a low 90s heater instead of a high 80s one. And you got to think that that's leading to some of these positive results. Uh, and then his changeup saw right about the same increase in velocity, and his curveball was coming in 1.3 miles per hour harder as well. Hard curves. I mean, it's not really a hard curve, but harder curve. Yeah, sure. That's everything's leading to success. Go Jared Koenig. And if he keeps pitching like this out of the bullpen, he may have found himself a big league role in 2023. Uh, but before we wrap up the segment, I have to talk about Stephen Vogt's retirement. From a fan standpoint, uh, he is an easy guy to root for. He made his big league debut at the age of 27 as a backup catcher with the Rays in 2012. The A's purchased him from Tampa Bay during the offseason and gave him some playing time. His appearance on Intentional Talk is still stuff that, as a referee, where he did his whole shtick. Uh, that, that is still something that they play. It is still something that is talked about all the time, and it was almost a decade ago. So he is obviously... It just ingrained himself in the A's and A's culture and A's lore even because he had the walk-off hit against the Tigers that tied the ALDS at a game apiece and gave the A's a win in a game started by Justin Verlander in 2013. And that that hit was just so big in the moment. Verlander had gone seven shutout innings. Sonny Gray had gone eight shutout innings. And then Steven Vogt had this hit and it... It felt like this could be the A's time. It, it it wasn't, but it was a big hit, you guys. It was amazing. And then he made the all-star team with the A's in 2015 and 2016 after they traded basically everybody away after the 2014 season. And I know that everybody gets an all-star. All teams have an all-star representative, but Vote is just the perfect guy to represent any club. And it, 
I liked having him be the A's representative. You're like, yeah, he's a backup catcher for whoever is in the All-Star game. Sure, Salvador Perez was probably starting, I imagine, because the Royals stuffed the ballot and all that. But he, he was the guy, and he's a great rep, I think. After he stopped his first tenure with the A's, he bounced around from Milwaukee to San Francisco to Arizona, and then he was traded to Atlanta last year. I think he got a ring for that, so he wasn't on the playoff roster, but I think he gets a ring because he put on the uniform for a little bit. Uh, but then he was signed by the A's during the offseason to be a veteran presence and be kind of a, a backup catcher, or I guess a backup catcher slash first baseman for the A's behind Sean Murphy. And even with Sean Murphy behind the dish and Shea Langoliers just hitting up a storm in AAA, Vote managed to stick around the entire season and end his career on his terms. And this isn't a slight at Jed Lowry or Elvis Andrews or Stephen Biscotti, but by all of Reports, Vote is just an incredible teammate, and I think that you couple that with the young catchers and the inexperienced pitchers on the roster, and he made himself valuable by being able to have an impact across the entirety of the A's roster. All 26 guys could come to Steven Vote and learn something and improve themselves on the field, and maybe even off the field, because Steven Vote's a great guy. So uh, I, I think that that's partially why he was kept around. That, that, I mean, I know that, you know, Elvis Andrews still is probably going to be playing past this season. Same thing with Stephen Piscotty. Jed Lowry could be done, but maybe he wanted to, you know, stop and get healthy and do all that stuff. And also, uh, there's more people clamoring for a middle infield position than there were for backup catcher. So, uh, and also, the A's could let him play first base if they wanted to. So there's that. Uh, Stephen Vogt has expressed a desire to manage, saying that that is his end goal uh, with... Once his baseball career is over, he wants to manage. And if he is not on a coaching staff somewhere by 2024, I'd be shocked because he is going to be in such high demand. He connects with the players. He understands the game. He's a good guy to have around. He's great for the clubhouse culture, the atmosphere. He's great for everything. And I'd say that he would be a coach next year in 2023, but uh, he may want to take a year off. Maybe he doesn't want to, you know, take his foot off the gas. Maybe he wants to get right into it. So he could be a coach in 2023, but I'd say that if he's not won by 2024, I'm going to be literally shocked. So uh, I'm hoping that that landing spot is somewhere in the Oakland system. Maybe he could be a bench coach in Oakland, or maybe he could be an actual manager, like for Stockton or for Lansing or wherever he wants to go. I hope that he gets to go there and uh, keep spreading baseball joy just around the country and uh, being, being a great guy. And hopefully he's still with the A system because he's he's one of a kind. So congratulations, Stephen Vote on a fantastic career. Uh, I mean, not like Hall of Fame worthy career. And he even said it's not a Hall of Fame, but he's doing more stuff than just putting up numbers. And I admire that. Stephen Vote, great guy, heck of a guy. Glad that he's been wearing the green and gold for so long. So uh, that that's all for Stephen Vogt, I guess. Coming up, we're talking about Vimeo Machin and Tony Kemp and some interesting things that's, that's been uh, coming up this week. So stay locked in. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting information all season. Find all of the latest player developments, 
team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf, and also the NFL. It's ranking supreme, and uh, there's games three days a week. So why not play some games on or some bets on some games in the NFL. Uh, also, head on over to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more because BetOnline, I know you know, you know it, but BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked on Ace podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, join our Twitter community. Pose a question in there. Share A's takes, A's articles, anything A's related. Put it in there. Have some fun. Make some friends. But let's dive right back into the podcast here. There have been some interesting quotes being provided to Martin Gallegos in recent days, and I thought that they would be important to share here today. The first comes from Tony Kemp following Tuesday's win over the Mariners, and he said, quote, most of the younger guys I've been talking to, I ask them, quote, uh, if you had two more weeks to be a big leaguer, how would you treat it? And his quotes, but this is still a quote from the article. Uh, There's two weeks left and you've got to make the days count, not count them. And that is one poetic, not the way that I read it, but the way that he said it. And uh, I thought that that was just a great way of thinking about how you approach the end of a season like this. That is great. And I've been saying it on the podcast this last month is could determine where people stand heading into spring training. You know, yeah, I was talking about Adam Aller and Adrian Martinez and um, Zach Logue even earlier on. How you finish this season kind of is your starting position for spring training. So you want to go out there and show what you can do so that you may have a spot in the big leagues ready for you if you can just go out and perform to expectations as opposed to having to overtake somebody in spring training who already did that work and then perform to expectations. And you don't have to overshadow anybody. You just have to go out there and do your bit. And I think that that makes for a more relaxed atmosphere for internally for each guy during spring training if they do the work right now in these two weeks and they're not counting the days, they're making the days count. And I thought that that was really cool. And to, to Tony Kemp's quote, I assume Jordan Diaz replied, I want to play second base, even though I have very little experience in the position and my bat speaks for itself. I want to play second base. Uh, that's a running joke that I have now for the podcast because I don't know why he's playing there, you guys. It's mind boggling to me. He played there again on, on Thursday and he went over. Weird, I don't know. Maybe just let him hit. Just let him be a DH for two weeks. Let his bat speak for itself, A's management. Anyways, uh, Tony Kemp is similar to Steven Vogt in a few ways. He's not the biggest or the fastest or the strongest or a lot of ists, but he's going to grind and put in the work and bring guys along with him. And Tony Kemp could be this generation's Steven Vogt. And... I think that that <clears throat> holds some weight in this clubhouse while the A's are on the rebuilding track. I know that 
Tony Kemp has one more year until free agency, but he doesn't, you know, dollar-wise, doesn't cost the A's a lot to keep around. And while I could see them moving in a different direction and giving somebody else that playing time, I think that, as we saw with Steven Vogt this season, those veteran guys that can be that voice in the clubhouse are important to have around. So we'll see what happens there. Like uh, Stephen Vogt earlier in the season, we talked about it. Uh, he helped Cole Irvin kind of turn his first innings around for a while there by just telling him what Madison Bumgarner used to do. And it worked for Cole Irvin as well. So that he led to a lot of success for Cole Irvin for like the middle part of this season. And, you know, he's had other impacts on other players as well. So I think that Tony Kemp could be that kind of a guy. We'll, we'll see what happens in the offseason, but I would not be mad whatsoever if he is around in 2023 because chances are they're going to be a young team yet again and that kind of leadership can go a long way and keep guys focused on the larger goal, not necessarily the the minutia of this win and that win or this loss and that loss over you know a month, but you look at the grander scale of a 162 and you can get guys back on track that way and I think that Tony Kemp has that mindset and that could get guys out of a slump. So I thought that that was very interesting. Uh, the second Martin Gallegos piece that I want to talk about, uh, it, it's concerning Vimeo Machin following Thursday's loss. The story is about a bat that Machin found in the batting cage during batting practice. Uh, he was intrigued, so he took some swings with it. And uh, needless to say, that the piece was written because Machin has been hitting his stride at the dish since the discovery of this wonder bat. Um, I believe that's what it was called in Simpsons, and also uh, like the, the other baseball movie that The Simpsons told, took that from. Anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, Wonder Bat over here has been doing some things with Vilmio Machine swinging it. Uh, this is th there is no hard start date for when he found this bat, but the Gallegos piece said that it was earlier in the month and that each of his seven doubles have come with the bat. So. With that information, his first double was on September 8th, which is earlier in the month. And so we're going to use that date and see how he's been doing with this new bat. Uh, with the new bat, which had been Ramon Laureano's and Laureano didn't like how it felt in his hands. So Machin uh, was like, hey, can, can I use this? He's like, yeah, sure. Go, go wild with this crappy bat. Well, the bat's not so crappy, Ramon, because Vimeo Machin is hitting 289 with seven doubles and seven runs batted in. And uh, yeah, that that's a kind of guy that you want to keep around for 2023. We talked about it yesterday. Where does he fit in? I, I don't know. If, if everybody's, you know, reaching their, their peaks. We talked about Kevin Smith doing some things. He went over in Vegas that night. Maybe he's feeling the pressure from Vimeo Machin a level ahead of him. I don't know. But uh, Machin is already a contact guy, you know, like Jordan Diaz. And to have two of those guys would be interesting. Uh, he can control the strike zone very well uh, because he only has a 15.4% strikeout rate this season and a 10% walk rate. Those are excellent stats. And you add in the numbers that he's putting up with this new bat to those skills that he already has, and he could become a pretty solid offensive weapon next year as well. Um, that said, I would like to see an improvement on defense. I know that, you know, hitting 289 with seven doubles and seven RBI in, you know, two weeks, that's solid. Can he do that for a long stretch? I don't know. I know that his defense has been 
not great at third base. Maybe he could play a different position. Maybe he could be a utility guy. Maybe he's the new Chad Pender, where he kind of moves around a little bit and finds a way that way. But he's been having the success while getting regular playing time, and he had struggled in the past with irregular playing time. So I don't know if he would be the same kind of a guy. Maybe with the bat, he just steps into the box and just ropes doubles all day as a pinch hitter. I don't know. But uh, maybe you, you could slide Vimeo Machin over to second and have Diaz play third. A lot of the infield configurement is going to depend on Kevin Smith heading into next season because if Smith is hitting a left side of the infield with uh, Nick Allen and Kevin Smith is tantalizing. Both of those guys can play the crap out of some defense, and I would love to see that. But then Machin could play second base, and Diaz could DH if Kevin Smith was over at third base, and I really like that possibility as well. But we'll, we'll have all season to play what if with just who's going to play where, so that'll be a lot of fun to get into. But coming up, we're getting into win of the week because the Mets, uh, they're, they're bringing their aces. Do the ace have a chance? Let's talk about it. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show and you've made it this far, please leave us a five-star review. We're on your platform of choice. Uh, we're also on YouTube, so subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions, join the Twitter community, you guys. It's a good time. I like it over there. But let's wrap this sucker up. On Friday, we got Cole Irvin going against old friend, old beloved friend, Chris Bassett, and Bassett is having his worst season since 2019. That is one way to phrase this, and that's the way that I'm going to phrase it because he's 14 and 8 with a 3.32 ERA. Go look at his stats from the other seasons; they're so good. Uh, so he's having his worst season in like three years. Ah, Chris Bassett, that he's deteriorating before our eyes. That said, uh, he's seven and one in his last nine starts, and has been typical Chris Bassett in those starts. He's going six or seven or eight innings, and has given up two or fewer runs in seven of those nine games. Uh, the Mets are a game and a half up on Matt Olson's Atlanta squad, so they'll. They, they still need wins. So Chris Bassett isn't going to go out there and be like, eh, whatever, ho-hum. He's not going to have like a short five-inning tune-up start to get ready for the playoffs. No, they still need to win these games. So the Mets aren't going to roll over at all, and that sucks. Uh, Cole Irvin has tossed seven innings in each of his last two starts, and if he can avoid the long ball, which is what got him in his start in Houston, uh, he gave up four runs in seven innings, but... He gave up three home runs, too. So if he can not give up home runs, the A's may be able to spoil Bassett's return to Oakland. I don't know how likely that is. Maybe 20% likely. I think the the, the A's got a 20% chance of winning this game. Let's see what happens. Saturday, the, the odds get worse. You got Ken Waldachuk versus Jacob DeGrom. And if you want some hope in this one, I got away. It's because Jacob DeGrom has allowed three runs in each of his last two starts facing the Pirates and the Cubs. Not exactly dynamic teams that he is getting absolutely rocked by. Three runs against the Pirates and the Cubs each? Yeah, the A's might be able to do that. Let's find out. Um, the, the, the problem here is that Waldachuk has been struggling with his location, and if that happens on Saturday, it's, it's not going to be pretty because DeGrom's going to strike out so many guys and I mean I'm actually intrigued to see how many guys he does strike out because 
basically every start out, he, he strikes out double-digit guys. But the A's don't strike out a huge amount. They're not like at one of the best teams at not striking out, but they, they don't strike out a ton all the time. So I'm intrigued to see how this goes. Uh, hopefully I don't eat that on Monday, but we'll, we'll see. But um, anyways, Peter Alonso c- can mash with the best of them, and he's not alone. Um, so I, I'm really hoping that Ken Waldachuk can hit his spots in this game on Saturday because the Mets have one of the top offenses in baseball. And the key here may be elevating DeGrom's pitch count early on like the Pirates were able to do and get him out of there early and hopefully grab a lead before Edwin Diaz gets into the game with his friggin' horns and everything. It's a long shot, but that is the plan to beating the Mets on Saturday with Jacob DeGrom on the mound. Then on Sunday, we get J.P. Sears going against Max Scherzer. In his return from the injured list on Monday, Max Scherzer pitched six perfect innings against the Milwaukee Brewers, and that just doesn't seem great. He, he's pitching well, is, is all I'm going to say right there. He only threw 68 pitches before getting lifted, and I'd say that the game plan is probably the same for him as it was for Jacob DeGrom. Um, elevate his pitch count and try to do damage against the bullpen. In his last start, Sears gave up one unearned run and just one hit against the Mariners. My worry here, uh, because there's a worry for every J.P. Sears start, apparently, uh, but my worry here is that the A's are throwing three consecutive lefties in this series and that the Mets' bats are going to be acclimated to the Coliseum and the batter's eye by Sunday. And so that release point, or you know, seeing it from the left side, is not going to throw them off their game. They're going to be ready for lefties by Sunday and chomping at the bit. And they've got a pretty solid offense. And they got Max Scherzer on the bump. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens, I guess. Uh, it could They could potentially, uh, you know, really do some damage on Sunday. But J.P. Sears is good, too. So, I... I don't know. I'm scared of the Mets right now. And uh, th- that said, Mark Hanna, he, he's going to be making his return to the Coliseum too. That's pretty cool. And I can think of no better way to illustrate how his season has been going for the New York Mets than to let you know that he has been hit by seven pitches this month and three times in the last two games. So welcome back to the Coliseum, Mark. Uh, he's hitting 200 this month, but because of those hit by pitches, he has a 342 on base. So don't hit Mark Canna and slow down the, the Mets offense. That is the key to victory. Uh, just foul, have Vimy Machine and Jordan Diaz just foul pitches off against DeGrom and Scherzer just all day. Just in, knock him out in the first inning and then you wear out the bullpen. And then don't hit Mark Canna. And then the A's sweep the series. Welcome back, old friends. Uh, also, I believe Sterling Marte is still on the IL. He was on the IL on Thursday. I assume he's still there. Um, so yeah, that's former A's coming back and having fun. And we'll see what happens. I am not expecting a great series. I think that this could get out of hand. But hey, if the A's win a game or even two, I'm going to be excited. Uh, also, this is a great way to see uh, where the guys on the A's that were here last year, like Tony Kemp, Sean Murphy, Chad Pender, who they like more. Because if they go out there and win some games against the Mets, they like Matt Olson more. But if they lose games to the Mets, if they get swept... Then they like Bassett and Mark Canna more, and Starling Marte for that matter. And they don't care about Matt Olson. So this is a real big series for 
which former teammates they enjoy more. We're going to talk. No, we're not going to talk about it on Monday, but just keep an eye out for that. Uh, anyways, that is all that I got for you guys today. Coming up on Monday, we'll be doing another version of Win of the Week for the upcoming series for next week. And uh, we, we, we'll be talking about the the Mets beatdown of the A's, potentially. Hopefully not, but potentially. And then whatever else uh, happens to cross my mind, it's going to be a lot of fun. But thank you guys so much for making Locked on A's your first listen today. Now, Go make your second listen to Locked On MLB Podcast because that gorgeous man, Paul Francis Sullivan, brings humor and passion and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB. They're on the Odyssey app. They're on YouTube. They're wherever you get podcasts. So wherever you're listening to this, go listen to Locked On MLB and tell Sully he's a handsome, handsome man. But that's all that I got for you guys today and this week. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, A's fans, and I will talk with you next week. Uh